0: And we are getting started with the best internet radio show, uh, the Sticky Binds podcast. This is your host Brandon, and this is Blake, and we're back at you with an eighty-fourth episode. Let's see if I can make a funny joke about eighty-four, like I did.
1: I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything there, man. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing there. It's very very symmetrical. You got eight. Eight equals four. And then. You know, 4 equals 2, and 2 equals 1. And then you got halves, and 0. There's nothing you can say <laughs> about 84, man. It's very symmetrical. You could say that. It's a symmetrical number. It's an even number. Yep. Well, thanks for joining us here at the Sticky Buds Podcast. <laughs> I think we're off to a slow start today, because we just have so much we want to talk about that we're we're just... I feel like we're trepidatious to get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Brandon, before we do, I actually want to spring something on you. Okay. How are you feeling about Starfield? How have you picked it up recently?
0: I haven't played it in a while, honestly. Really? But, you know, I'll get around to it. It's like Skyrim. I still play
1: Skyrim mm-hmm. every yeah. once in a while, so I know I'll pick it up eventually. I want to ask you something. How are you feeling about like Skyrim versus Tears of the Kingdom? I feel like you've had them, you've had both of them long enough. I feel like you kind of played, and then you kind of stopped. Which one would you like better? Do you have any thoughts? Which one do you think it's really resonated one. with you more? That's a hard choice for sure. Damn, nothing definitive. Just you know, if you had any thoughts on it.
0: You know, I would have to go with Skyrim. As just the hours played there. Oh, well, that
1: wasn't one of the options, man.
0: <laughs> I thought you said Skyrim or Tears of the Kingdom
1: oh my gosh I'm sorry <laughs> I, I meant Star I may have said Skyrim you meant Starfield I meant Starfield I meant Starfield, Starfield. I I meant Starfield. Okay. did I say Skyrim? I think I'd probably go with Skyrim too dude this is a rough you put me put me in a
0: rough spot but I'm gonna have to go with Tears of the Kingdom then okay at this point I mean you know maybe as I explore Starfield some more I might change but Tears of the Kingdom is just a solid game a great follow up to Breath of the Wild
1: and I'm really looking forward to playing more of that in the coming future. Yeah. You know, I think I might have to agree with you. I feel like Starfield's really awesome. And I really like a lot of the things that they're doing. But I feel like Tears of the Kingdom really surprised me. I don't know. It kind of just brought some joy to my face that I didn't necessarily... Like, I enjoyed aspects that I didn't even know existed. And totally with Starfield, I find myself... Things that I want to engage in, like systems like shipbuilding... Just like not really feeling like I'm, I don't know, like I'm comfortable to do that or like not really feeling like I have like the skill tree to make it worth my time to invest even looking at it or engaging with it at all. So I don't know. I feel like Tears of the Kingdom really succeeds where Starfield fails or doesn't do as well.
0: I mean, I think they're very separate games in their own
1: aspects. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Starfield definitely gets that space theme right. Yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. They executed that well, and Tears of the Kingdom is more of like... I really like the Minecraft analogy Mm. of it. It's, It's really like a Minecraft game set in a Link universe, because you can truly craft almost anything. It's very, very interesting. I really want to explore that some more. Just seeing all the content that people have made in that community is very inspiring, to say the least. The Starfield community, too. I mean, I've seen some Star Wars content that was really, really cool. Yeah, there's been some really cool shifts. It seems like that takes a lot more time. Like It seems like the time that it takes in Tears of the kingdom to creatively make something like that. And then, as opposed to Starfield, I think Starfield takes a lot more time
1: um, and effort yeah yeah absolutely i think that that really wasn't we didn't plan about talking about that at all i just kind of wanted to pick brandon's brain there (laughs) yeah it's a
0: good way it's a good way to get started there
1: yeah i feel like as soon as we hit the record button so i guess just to i don't know peek behind the curtain we're recording monday night as soon as we hit record i just got super tired so i don't know if you feel the same way dude i'm exhausted man i've been up since like
0: (laughs) Last night I stayed out late and then I got up for an 8 a.m. I'm mm. tired. I have bags under my eyes, but I love doing this, so I'm geeked yeah. out. I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Maybe because we're tired, we'll be able to keep it short and be able to stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> Who <for> knows? <laughs> uh, but I guess I'll kick us off on what we had planned to talk about. I guess let me ask you this, Brent. Are you subscribed to the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack? I think is what it's called no i'm not i just pay okay. for the regular nintendo switch online service okay so i think that just to, i guess clarifies it's so confusing i'm pretty sure you have to pay for the one where you get like the nintendo 64 and like the game boy advance and just like the extra one where you get like the mario kart dlc that subscription service they sometimes will occasionally offer game demos and at the time of this recording, this the game demo we're going to talk about will have been ended. But I think it's kind of cool that they offer these game demos. I mean, something where you kind of have access to the full game for like five or six days. And in this case, it's a game that I really wanted to check out, but was just too hesitant to pull the trigger. So I'm very excited to finally be able to check it out. This game is called Cult of the Lamb, and I'm not sure if we talked about it. I don't um, think so. Okay. Now this was one, I guess if you've listened to every episode of the podcast, you will have heard of this game because this is a, they had a demo at PAX both years that I went and both Andrew and myself were never able to demo it because the lines were just so long. And if you, I guess if you are unfamiliar with this game, it kind of swept the internet when it released because it's like a very cute game, like the animals and the creatures in it look very cute and it has like a very dark undertone, I mean Cult of the Lamb, and it kind of looks like a very action roguelike, but there's also some like farm building and farm sim elements to it. So it's really interesting, and I think it was just like people's interest was peaked when this game initially like released and when there were trailers, and I really wanted to jump on the train and play this game, but I think just for whatever reason I just didn't have time or... I didn't want to spend the money on it. the
0: art style in this game is like very interesting
1: <laughs> yes yes it's actually that's one of the first things i wanted to say about this is i was playing it and kind of over my shoulder aaron came up to me and she was like wow what are you playing like this is a cute game and i was like oh just you wait not only is it cute but i'm actually the leader of a cult you know so <laughs> she was like what <laughs> I just think it's so funny. So if you don't mind, Brandon, I'd love to tell you a little bit about the lore. The lore of this. And this kind of happens as soon as you turn on the game. And I just kind of, just think it's so funny. (laughs) So basically you're a lamb and the game starts and you are on an altar. Like you're on like a sacrificial altar. And there are these figures. They're gods. They're the gods of the old faith. And they kind of talk about a prophecy And how you being the last lamb, the last of your name, the last of your kind, as soon as you are sacrificed, you will fulfill the prophecy and the old faith will remain supreme for eternity. So they sacrifice you and you die and they think that's the end. Little do they know you meet the one who waits, who is a God bound in chains that's able to resurrect you if you start a cult in their name. And they give you a red crown and you become their vessel, the vessel of the one who waits. Or as you find out, they're called the bishops, the bishops of the old faith. They call it the chained one or the one in chains. And you start a cult. It kind of, the game is kind of mixed between two elements where it's like uh, you kind of go on these runs in like an action broguelite type run. And then you come back and you have this like farm sim that you have to manage and you have to manage your cult. You have like this huge area and you start off with a few cult members. I started off with one and I just had him initially just like gathering wood for me. And it turns into like gathering stones. And then you can build them, like build a temple and then you can conduct sermons and you can upgrade your it's honestly, it's kind of crazy because there's like 12 or 13 different things you have to like constantly manage. You have to manage their food and like all of these things. And I I was running a pretty tight call. It was actually kind of interesting. Like this one follower came up to me and he was like, Hey, we're eating a lot of berries. Like we should like, if you want it, you could make us eat grass. And like we would. And it was like, you can either do it and feed them grass or you can like lose faith. And basically, I don't really know why, but it's basically this mechanic where it's like you're kind of put into a scenario where it's like your follower has a really awful idea and you can either do it or not. And if you do it, it's like a bad outcome. But if you don't do it, they lose faith in you. So it's kind of like you got to judge um, like where you are and like where your faith meter is. I see. So basically, I am like, I did it. So I fed them grass and that a couple would, of them got no. sick and I had to like put them to bed rest. So I basically like made beds and they had to like sleep in them <laughs> but i had this one it was honestly it was kind of crazy i had this one follower they came up to me they were like i think i named my cult you can name your cult whatever you want i just kept it cult of the lamb and they were just like leader master i have oh <laughs> uh, i have this desire i've always wanted to eat poop what the? F- and i was like what <laughs> I was like, fine, whatever, I, I guess. Like, it was like, it pulled up as like a mission. It was like, feed your follower poop. And like, I guess that's something that like when you feed the followers, they also poop and you can use that poop as like fertilizer for your, like to grow your berries. And I don't know, it it's like very cute, but it's also like, you know, it has this addictive undertone. So I was like, all right. So I kind of like went into my like cooking station and there was like a bowl of poop and that was... <laughs> It was a recipe. Yeah. So I made it for him and he like came up and he kind of like grabbed it in his hands. He looked really happy and he ate it and you could see like hearts kind of like uh, erupted from him. And then he immediately got sick and I was like, of course, (laughs) of course he got sick. So I had to like send him to bed rest. That's the best poop he ever had. I know, but his devotion went up. So I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) but yeah so I guess that is just it's very interesting that like farming element to it and you kind of like meet a couple people like throughout your run you meet a fisherman and then like when you get back to that area you can like leave the area like your area where your cult is and you can go fishing that's fun because you can get some additional rewards for the fishing and then you can go and I guess there was a, a person that was the original like vessel of the chained one or the one who waits. And he's kind of helping you set up the cult. He retires and he gets like a hut in the woods and he loves playing this game called knuckle bones. So you have to like defeat him in this like dice game. That sounds gruesome. You know me love dice games. So it's got a lot of things that I like. Like it's got like, especially if you like cozy games, like it's got a lot of that. Like it's got like farm sim elements. It's, It's very cute. Even the stuff that's creepy, like, it still has, like, an undertone of cute to it. And, you know, you can go fishing, you can play, like, dice games. And then when you, like, actually go out into the world, they actually, they call them Crusades, which I thought was kind of... I don't know, I think it fits really well. And I honestly think it's just, like, a great execution of a game. I mean, because you'd kind of think, like, it has so many different elements, like, how does it work together? But it really does. It really works. And when you go out onto these Crusades, like the combat is just so fun. It's just incredibly snappy. Like whenever you do a dodge roll, like the animation looks very cool and it's like it's very slick. I mean, like truly it is very snappy. And I think that that's what you want in a game like this. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Like you can go out on your run, you can find these like combat buffs. You can find like this person that gives you like a out card and you once you get the tear-out card, you'll get like a big buff like one was like gain an extra heart for this run and another one was like your damage does 1.5 times the amount of damage that you have and i actually had like a weapon that did it was slow but it did a lot of damage and i got that tear out card on that run and i was able to defeat one of the bishops which is you know there's four bishops so i was able to complete i guess a quarter of the game so i mean i'm probably not gonna continue playing it just because i don't want to buy it but I just can't believe it does all these things so well, you know? I mean, you'd kind of think that it wouldn't, but it really succeeds.
0: Yeah, it looks kind of like a top-down 2D game. It's like, you wouldn't think that it does all of those things. But yeah, it's, I'm honestly just incredibly impressed by
1: it.
0: It's awesome. I love all the art. I've been looking at the art. What's one of the most challenging parts of this game? You face so far
1: well i think that the reason that i'm not gonna buy it is is i kind of i made it through this one aspect like i made it through i guess like the first section i was able to you know defeat the boss at the end of that and then i got to the next section and the difficulty really just spiked and i really just wasn't I don't know. I don't know if I was ready for it. Like as you progress through like the cult, like if you build your cult up, you really have to, or once you build your cult up, you get a lot of like buffs and boons from the cult, like permanent upgrades. And those are really nice because they they help you out when you're out on your crusades. But I just couldn't really find myself wanting to engage with that anymore. Like I, I enjoyed the cult or the cult management but i like to kind of do them in tandem and I I just got to the point where I was like I'm going to have to sink a ton of time into this in order to get the buffs that I want and I just don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, that's unfortunately
0: the rough part about a roguelite is you're going to have yeah. to put in a lot of work to get results, see results.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was getting like a lot of like I guess they were called decorations, but they were kind of like cosmetic The things for your town. And I mean, if you look online, like people have made some like incredible looking cults that are like very organized and they just look really good. And I just don't know if I was I'm just not willing to put that kind of time into this. I really liked it, but I just and honestly, I think it's like a great spooky season game as well. I mean, we're at the end of October and like I think this is an absolutely great spooky season game. Because it's fun and cute, but also kind of a little bit satanic. and <laughs> A little uh, bit. I mean... Just, just a little bit. It has Masonic imagery all over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely satanic. But it's in the fun way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking at some reviews. And I guess I'll disagree with some reviews here a little bit. I think there was a lot of reviews that were... A little bit negative on it because I guess the critique is it has absolutely nothing to say about cults and, and how they can be kind of manipulative and mm. why the reasons people you know joins cults are, are you know they're really generally they're put in an impossible situation and very susceptible to being manipulated. Yep. And I think that was kind of the criticism that it just truly has absolutely nothing to say about that. And I don't know I. I'm not looking for that, personally. Yeah,
0: um, it's so. clear that the creators of the game don't have that at the top of their mind. They're just trying to, like, create the art and tell the story. Yeah, and create, they, they create did a, a good job. Game. They game. Yeah, they did a good job at that. I mean, it looks very, very appealing.
1: Yeah, I honestly think that this game is... It trailers well, too. So, like, if you watch a trailer, I mean, that's what the game is. And I think that, that if you're interested in this game based on what we've said or what it looks like... I just just pick it up, because you're going to have a great time. Cult of the Lamb. That's awesome that yeah. we can try out a Cult demo. Cult of the Lamb. It's awesome that we can
0: try out a demo and speak to it. Like, we don't have to purchase the game to be able to bring something meaningful to our listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is something that's really awesome about the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion service. <laughs> Which, I guess is, I don't know, I personally hate paying for all these subscriptions and i honestly i think it's absolute bullshit that we have to are expected to pay 60 70 a year now you know for online functionality with our like playstations and xboxes like it's a computer like let us get online i've always thought it was highway robbery for that and i i just don't really see the value add and i don't know sometimes i, I get kind of frustrated with that aspect of gaming but with nintendo i Well, one, it's the cheapest, like even at the Nintendo, like the most premium Nintendo service, like it is still less than $60 a month. And I think you get a lot out of it. You do get like DLCs. You have the ability to play NES, SNES, Game Boy, Nintendo 64. I think you can even play some Sega games as well. Like I think that the value add is just incredible. And I think it's really awesome. Yeah, I have to look into that. I would love to play some old
0: Nintendo 64 Super Smash Bros.
1: Yeah, I don't think that that one's on there. Here, hold on. Let's see. List uh And that's one of the things that, like, really bugs me is they really just, they put some of the games out there, but, like, not the ones that people want to play. Like, I want to play, like, Pokemon Red. I want to play some of the Game Boy Dude, Pokemon imagine. Games, Do they
0: have any Pokemon games? They probably don't. They have the
1: trading card game and, like, the puzzle games. Uh <laughs> I think they have like Stadium, Pokemon Stadium, maybe. I mean, the Game Boy Advance, like, come on. I know. I'm really hoping that they put some out there. They're probably really waiting to put some of those out there because those are sick. Yeah, okay, so for the Nintendo 64, they currently have Banjo Kazooie, Dr. Mario 64, bite 64, F Zero, X, GoldenEye 007, Kirby the Crystal Shards, Mario Golf. Mario Kart 64, Mario Party, Mario Party 2, Mario Party 3, Mario Tennis, Paper Mario, Pilo Wing 64, Pokemon Puzzle League, Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, Sin and Punishment, Star Fox 64, Mario 64, Legend, Zelda Majora's Max, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Wave Race 64, Wind Black, Covert Operations, and Yoshi's Story. That's all the Nintendo 64 games they have right now. (laughs) (laughs) yeah not many yeah if you look at the it's less than you'd think and i think with the game boy advance it's i don't know i feel like i'd really want them to have a a little bit more but it is what it is i suppose but i do think just in general i think it's one of the better offerings but yeah so i guess just to clarify when i was at pax it really was a, a demo of the game and what they're doing here is they give you access to the full game, but it's only available for five days. Oh, wow. So, Brandon, I guess if you decided, you could play it for, like, a day. I think there's, like, a day left on it. And I think they kind of had it, like, it ends at midnight, or it ends, like, at the end of the day Halloween. So the access ends on Halloween, which I thought was kind of cool. That's very soon. Yeah. Yeah, so very good spooky game. But that's Cult of the Lamb. that's so you... Kick us off on the next
0: one. Yeah, Cult to the Lamb is really, really cool. It's going to be hard to follow up. But, <laughs> you know, I've been playing a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've since learned how to escape, and I've been escaping a lot. Have you
1: been doing it multiple times?
0: Yeah, dude. I've gotten to the point now where I can help others escape too. So I, nice. I figured out how to sneak up into the second floor of the family's house and open up the circuit breaker so that i can open up the basement exit and the basement exit is the most convenient one to open because we all start out in the basement Mm -hmm. and there are wells conveniently placed across the map so that if you're ever being chased around you know just the outside you know around the house or something you can kind of bail and jump into the well and you know restart in the basement because there are a lot of, like, hiding places. It's a little harder. Oh, so
1: the one. wells kind of all take you down to the basement? Yeah.
0: Nice. So that's kind of, like, an escape mechanism.
1: So I guess let me ask you this. When you're playing as, like, either the chaser or the person that's being chased, it's the same map, right? They actually do change the maps.
0: The premise is still the same as far as, like, okay. Leatherface always starts in the basement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then the other two characters, whichever ones they pick, start up in the house. And there are still going to be four victims always. And they all start in the basement. What else can I say about it? I mean, I'm honestly surprised it's held your attention this long. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Me too. It's just one of those games where I'm like, hey, can you guys get on? Like, I'd love to escape and everyone's down and get on because it's like every time is thrilling. And it's fun. It's always a new experience. You're never going to get the same kind of experience on that game there's just so many different play styles and approaches to it mm-hmm. it's really fun and i like both perspectives sometimes it's fun to just switch it up and be a family member and try to catch everybody before they escape yeah
1: it's really fun dude i've been
0: having a blast on that
1: I had a do you shoot. ever hop in solo and like try and take out the survivors trying to escape
0: you know i never do play family solo i feel like I get very frustrated playing with random people, especially if they don't have microphones. Because as the killers, communication is key. Like, you need to be able to... Because you can't be everywhere at once. So you need to be able Mm -hmm. to kind of, like, trap people within the house. Because, I mean, you're
1: outnumbered, right? You are outnumbered. Yeah, three
0: to four. So, it's fun. It's fun to, like escape people like being like a chase someone's like right on you and then you just like turn corner Mm -hmm. and then they're looking for you and you're just hiding in the bushes and like your friends are spectating you because they got killed and they're just like hoping that you die but you're just like i'm not gonna get caught because i'm in this bush and (laughs) it's it's hilarious (laughs) it's just it causes it for some really really funny interactions the game chat too like the people who play on game chat are all very competitive which if you know me That's my type of style. Like, I I love a good shit-talking lobby before we start playing. (laughs) Like, everyone's in there like, yeah, I'm definitely
1: going to get you. Like, it's fun. It gets intense. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's sick. Now, I guess you can't, like, if you die, like, you can't get revived. Like, it's one and done. No,
0: yeah, you can't get revived. And there's a lot of really cool things you can do, though, to prevent yourself from dying. Like, mm-hmm. the grandpa aspect of it, there's a grandpa who's in a chair that the family can feed blood to, and there are, like, five levels of the grandpa. And once they get grandpa to level five, there's nowhere to hide. Like, you start... Grandpa is alerting your location everywhere. He has, like, psychic powers. You can tell where everyone is. <laughs> and then... Mm. So, yeah, that's a playstyle that a lot of people have is they'll just feed grandpa. But I really like to take one of the bone scraps because a bone scrap is like a mechanic for the victims to survive right if you have a bone scrap if you picked one up Mm -hmm. you can survive an encounter with one of the killers you can do like a x mash so it's a competition between you and the other player to see who who mashes x quicker whoever does survives that encounter so
1: Damn, the bone scrap
0: allows you to do that but you can also use the bone scrap to sneak up on people and do a sneak attack so I do like to sneak attack on the killer sometimes especially if the killer is not playing it's a great way to get some points it's really fun to immobilize grandpa especially after the team is just like going right for level 5 grandpa you know and they put in all that hard work and then here I come and just make them restart (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then they have to like you know look for my team it's more fruitful i've learned to play as a team and really escape Mm -hmm. together there are mechanics in the game that kind of reward you for doing so as far as like different characters who mesh well with other characters abilities that allow you to let's say if you unlock a door it highlights the door for everyone for 30 seconds Mm -hmm. things like that and so going back to like the basement exit door opening like when i first learned how to do that i was so excited blake because it's like (laughs) i can like have the whole team on me right like i'll have Leatherface, i'll have the hitchhiker i'll have sissy they're all chasing me down but if i get that door open all of my teammates the other three of my teammates they don't have any killers on them they can just walk out that basement exit door and that's it the killers are upset like they didn't get they might have got me but everyone else escaped Mm -hmm. so it's really cool and the prem like if anyone escapes that's it the
1: killer's lost oh if even one person does
0: Mm -hmm. because it's like so
1: when you're like a survivor you're just like out there trying to sacrifice yourself for the whole team
0: i mean if you want to you know and sometimes we'll play with people who are very like conservative and it's all about them and they don't want to die for the team and they'll fuck everyone else like my friend matt he does this thing where he starts to, when the shit gets heated, shit hits the fan, like the basement, no one's escaped. There's a couple killers in like down there looking for us. He does this thing where he's like, I'm gonna make the spot hot. And like, we're hiding. And he's just like, we'll bring, <laughs> he'll bring the killers right to us making the spot hot. And he'll just keep yelling that. And we're like, dude, now we're just try to get away from it. And he just keeps yelling, I'm gonna make the spot hot. I'm gonna make the spot oh, hot. Man. it's terrible dude it's it's terrible it causes for some really funny situations definitely gotta stream that
1: definitely gotta stream some texas for y'all it's very very funny yeah that's funny it just seems like if you've got like different friends if they're like depending on where they're at and like that like chaotic like do you know what i'm talking about where it's like the like chaotic good or like evil like however like we're we're, like different personalities yeah yeah
0: you definitely uh, it's one of those things where, like, you know how people say, like, you don't learn someone's, like, true colors until, like, a situation like that happens. It's like, you're really yeah. you're really put <laughs> in a situation like that. So you, you can see my friend Matt. Uh, <laughs> He's, just, like, going to fuck everyone man. over to save himself. And even if he's going down, like, he'd rather, like, you go down
1: with them. Just pulling everybody (laughs) out. It's terrible. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I do have to ask you a question on your button mashing strategy, though. Do you stick with your thumb or do you switch over to the index finger?
0: It depends. If I'm, like, thinking fast, if I can react fast enough, I'm mashing with my index finger and just, like, going really fast. Because my thumb is, like, my thumb is really fast, but I don't know. That's, like, I feel like I can
1: go faster if I just, like, yeah, I feel the That's same, but if I, to like, think. switch over my index finger, I feel like I can go faster. I'm
0: sure, like, the discrepancy is not even that different, but it's just all mental.
1: Yeah. I don't know, because I feel like if you're doing the thumb, like, I feel like you're not lifting up as much, but I feel like with the finger, like, you can get more muscles engaged in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can, like, use, like, your forearm, your shoulder, like, your bicep, like, you're moving your whole arm. So I feel sure. you got to be, like, very disciplined not to make, like, exaggerated movements. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I guess that's our button mashing strategy here on the Sticky Buttons podcast.
0: Giving some button mashing <laughs> strategies over there.
1: For you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I feel like we really covered some spooky games this year. You know, I feel we like we did. didn't really do that last year. So, yeah, we got Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Cult of the Lamb for our spooky season fix. Definitely. Do you think you're gonna keep playing even after? I season's do, over? man.
0: It's one of those games I've already convinced three of my friends to purchase this game blake hey you're on that list blake because i want to see i want to see <laughs> what you're like in those situations there <laughs> are you gonna make the spot hot or are you gonna stay cool and help <laughs> us <this game? laughs> escape?
1: because it says a lot about a person <laughs> And you have this on playstation
0: yeah i think you can also it's cross-platform so there are a lot of pc people And I highly dislike playing against the PC people because they're very, very strategic. Usually really good PC. And then there's Xbox people as well.
1: Okay. Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I guess it's $39 right now. I'm going to hope for a sale. We'll see what happens. (laughs) It might go on sale on a very, like, cheerful holiday. Like Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might. Oh my gosh. I mean and honestly like it looks just incredible. I mean, obviously like hearing you talk about it, that's I guess what's motivating more to think about picking it up. But I mean it looks very like next gen graphics. Like it looks very like clean. You know what I mean?
0: It definitely is. It's built on Microsoft Azure Play Lab, something like that. It's a new kind of studio that Microsoft like gaming development mm-hmm. software Environment Microsoft developed that I can tell is different from what I've played with in the past. And I'm excited to see what developers can come up with on this engine because this game is super fun. And yeah, the graphics are there, the performance is there. I haven't had any issues as far as like connection wise Mm. yet, like lagging and stuff. I feel like that's, you know, these types of games, something you might run into. But yeah. So, let me not jinx it. But, yeah. Text Chainsaw oh Massacre, they did their thing.
1: This looks awesome.
0: I have a funny story. Yeah. When I picked up the disc for this game, the guy at the mm-hmm. mom and pop shop who works there, I've been shopping there my whole life. Mm hmm. He, like, never says a word to me. But when I purchased this yeah. game, he was like, Yeah, you picked up a good one. <laughs> so I knew, I, knew He's in moment, I knew from that <laughs> moment, I knew from that moment, was, I was in for a roller coaster ride.
1: Do you think he's playing... He's hopping in solos trying to take people out?
0: <laughs> he's definitely hopping in his leather face. And just one-shotting everyone. <laughs> there are some people funny. who are, like, scarily good at this game, dude. Like, it's just like... Uh. Like, there's this one killer, Johnny, who... Because every character has, like, advantages in Dawn Falls. So Johnny's advantage is that he can follow your footprints. So if he sees any footprints, he can pretty much track you and see where you're at follow you around the map okay but his drawback is that he's a little bit bulkier so he can't sneak in through smaller uh, cracks and crevices and he's also Mm. a little slower johnny can't run he's not gonna run i mean he can run but
1: he's not can't run as fast
0: no but like his killer mentality is like i'm going to get you
1: eventually so um, he's just like slowly like oh he's like not concerned oh man
0: yeah yeah, exactly and like some people play it so well like they're just like they're walking around slowly and like they act like they don't see you and then they are like slowly like come back around and like you'll think you're totally fine you're like oh this guy didn't see me this guy didn't see me because that's a huge part of it is like just like running escaping ducking and like hoping that you lost them but with johnny especially with that footprint ability He's
1: on to you, man. He's a hound. Man, that's scary. I feel like that made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up.
0: <laughs> the worst killer, the most annoying one, is Sissy. She's very small, very nimble, very quick. Mm-hmm. She's super fast with her knife. She's like, if she gets a chance to hit you, she might just kill you like right there. Mm-hmm. She's very so, fast. Who do you play as? As a killer, I do Leatherface mainly because I like starting off in the basement. Like I said, I'm a team player, so even when I'm a killer. As Leatherface, I in the basement, I'm destroying obstacles for other killers so that when we're chasing them around the basement, it's easier for us to find them. I'm destroying doors so that, you know, victims can't hide. I'm breaking down, like, the little, at the bottom of, like, there are, like, little doors that I'm also breaking down as well so that people can't, like, sneak around this and stuff as easily. So just playing like that chasing people down like just scaring them in the basement so that they can't lock pick the door so i understand like every map where the doors are at so i try to like circle around all the doors check if there's anyone picking them rev my chainsaw around it to just like let them know like oh i'm here oh man it's not safe for you to go (laughs) to that door because i'm around here oh man and yeah it's very very strategic it's a lot like chess you have to think steps ahead Mm -hmm. from both sides if you're the victim you have to try to like out strategize outthink the killer and vice Mm -hmm. versa one of the funny ways i've died recently was i was trying to go up to the second floor and you know i thought these killers really sucked because they were like letting me get away with i was like up there pretty much about to undo the circuit break like (sighs) i was about to open up the basement exit with the circuit breaker on the second floor i was super close to doing it but Mm -hmm. i didn't notice that the killer had locked all the doors and i was trapped in the house i didn't even notice so oh shoot when i finally got the basement door exit open they quickly turned it off because they knew what i was doing they were just waiting me out they quickly turned off that basement exit door so all my work was in vain and then oh man like they pretty much chased me out because the doors were locked all my teammates were had spread out already outside the house so they caught me lacking that way. I didn't even, like, mm. consider that that could happen to me. But now yeah. I know that's a possibility of getting locked in the house. So, damn, gotta be
1: quicker. They actually, like, locked you in. They were probably trying to lock everybody in. But they were able to, like, lock you in because you opened it up long enough for everyone else to get out.
0: They were able to lock me in because I was the only one who hadn't escaped out from the house and like, because it's a base in basement of the house and then there's like the area outside of it. I was still in there lurking just trying to like... I guess they finally like figured out that like oh, there's still someone in here. Everyone else is outside. Like we can just close all the doors
1: and get him. And then... Oh man, that's crazy. So it's not immediately over once you get out of the house. There is still some outside. No, it's
0: not. So once you get out of the house, it doesn't matter what map there is. There are typically three to four different exits uh, rather there's typically like a pressure valve system right that like you have to find these pressure valves around the map to then go bring them to the pump that's located in different locations and then you have to like load that pressure valve so that you pretty much break the door and then it opens up and that's one of the exits and then there's like maybe like two regular like fence gates you just gotta like lock pick and then also undo a car like there's like a trip wire electric trip wire so you have to undo a car battery there are like two exits like that and then there's the basement exit that's always there you just have to figure out how to do it. it's the hardest exit to do because if you open it it's very easy to escape from the basement You just walk right out like people don't even have to do anything you can just stay down there let the killers busy and while one person opens that exit everyone just runs out and the game incentivizes you to play as a team like the audio dialogues that they'll have like when i'm playing as i like to play as julie and my friend mark loves to play as connie and whenever we'll run into each other julie will say like oh connie you're alive like let's escape (laughs) like you know they have like these like
1: preset Mm -hmm. things to say i love that in a game when those are like kind of goofy i love that (laughs) for sure it's really fun all right man that's texas chainsaw massacre that's awesome i think you've convinced me i think i'll have to pick it up but i'm gonna have to wait for a sale dang i mean there's just so many games man i find it interesting that like sometimes we'll we'll just pick up like totally different games like on on the spectrum like well yeah just pick up like the opposites yeah i feel like that sometimes too
0: like the most random games will i pick up like Just be Mm -hmm. like, what? Like, you're playing that? Like, Cult of the Lamb, honestly, is like...
1: (laughs) I feel like, yeah, Cult of the Lamb and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are just very much the opposites of, like, what we could have picked for spooky games. (laughs) For sure. But I think they definitely fit October
0: very well, so I'm glad about that.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of funny, like, Cult of the Lamb. I feel like it really fits it. I almost feel like it fits it better, not because of the spooky element of it, but because of like the cute element of it. Like I feel like the spooky and like satanic aspect of it, like I feel like that's just a bonus, but I feel like I was really surprised by like just how cute it was and like how it kind of like the farming aspect of it really just added to that. I don't know. Maybe I will pick this up. I mean, if there's ever a time when I'm, I guess maybe next spooky season when I kind of want the, like I want to get into the farming element of it. Yeah, I think that that might be a great option. Although I will say that feeling like Minecraft, it kind of gives off like Minecraft energy. So I do, I feel like I'm already kind of satisfied with Minecraft at the moment, as opposed to like jumping into this. That makes sense. Well, I think I'd like to bring up, I guess, one other thing, and then I think we've got some 3DS related games. I know Brandon's got one that he's playing on his 3DS, and I've got one that I'd like to bring up, and then I think we can wrap it up. But I want to talk about the playdate a little bit more. We kind of brought it up, I think two weeks ago. Yeah. And I don't Super think the cool console. Yeah. And we just weren't able to fit it into last week. So I wanted to give a quick update on that. And I guess just for, if you haven't, if you didn't know what the playdate was, or you didn't tune into that episode, the playdate is like a little handheld gaming device. It's got a monochromatic screen. Actually it's an LCD. So it's a, like a black and white LCD. It's not backlit and when you purchase it you get a season of games it's got an a button a b button a d pad and it's got this really awesome crank and i wanted to kind of talk about it as i played some more games with it including crankin's time travel adventure which is the one that i guess caught brandon's eye when he was looking at some of the listings and it caught my eye as well when i wanted to pick this up i wanted to talk about that and also just like how to side load some games so So they say you can sideload games on it. And I thought that that meant that you like plug it into your computer via USB-C. It's got a USB-C port. So I thought it would just plug in USB-C and then I'll just be able to like drag and drop games. I thought that's how it was going to work. But it's actually you do that on their website. Their website, you have like an account and you can like go in your account. You can select like sideload games and you just drop the zip file into it. Like you don't even have to unzip it. I actually unzip something, and you have to like you have to put in the zip file, so it's like incredibly easy. Like you don't have to do anything. Like you don't even have to uncompress the zip file. You just drop the zip file in, and then it sends it over the internet. You can download it onto your game, onto your your handheld, which I just thought was incredible. So I want to shout out some of the ones I sideloaded. <laughs> I sideloaded this one game called One Bit Pac Man, and it's kind of just like a Pac Man clone, but it's got like different fruits in it, and you can like get a gun as a power up. You can get, like, there's one power-up where it makes you, like, invincible for 10 seconds. And usually the gun, you can, like, shoot the ghosts. So <laughs> it's one-bit Pac-Man. I got this one game called Sprout, which I have not tried yet. But I got this one called Rain Blocks, And it's essentially Tetris. And it's got some, like, lo-fi music, which I think is great. And there's this one that it's kind of like the Pico-8. Is that how you say it? Like, Pico-8 version of Celeste. Which is kind of when we talked about Celeste, this is the I guess like the game jam prototype for Celeste that was on the Pico eight console. And there somebody made like a a one-bit version of that, or like a black and white version of that. So I've been kind of playing like a couple Celeste levels, like or the Pico eight Celeste levels, and there's this one it's called Untitled, quite possibly a fighting game. And it's honestly, it's really cool. I'm gonna try and show Brandon, and maybe he can describe it better than I can. It's not really complete. Like you select a character. There's like a character select screen. Like pick your fighter. And yeah, I guess I'll try and show Brandon. But yeah, it kind of just looks like a 2D fighter. But the other, the other person doesn't fight back. So you kind of, you can just like beat somebody up, and then when their health goes down, that's it. So like the other person doesn't fight back. So I think it's it's like somebody's prototype. And honestly, I mean, like, it looks incredible. I'm not sure. Yeah, if,
0: I love the screen on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, just, like, look at, like, the art. It's just, like, incredible. Like, I can't believe so it. Because it's like a, I mean, it's like a Game Boy, right? Like, it's black and white, but it's like a modern LCD. It's so, like the detail is just insane. I just can't believe it. Really cool.
0: I love that crank.
1: The crank is awesome. And I actually do just want to talk about that really quick. I thought, so there's a way, I guess I'll show Brandon as I'm kind of describing it you can fold the crank into the body of the device, right? So it kind of makes it less intrusive. It kind of just, it doesn't really stick out, but I never have it like, it's kind of like folded in on itself. And I guess if you look at the website, look at the Play day, you'll see what I'm talking about. But I always keep the crank out because the crank is surprisingly, it is an incredible input device. Like it's, it feels like the next evolution, well, I don't know. I that might be a little bit. I mean, I don't think the PS6 controller is going to have a crank on it, but it might. I mean, it's actually, it's the input of it is really awesome because you can speed up, you can crank faster, you can slow down, crank slow, you can go forwards, backwards. It's actually, it works astonishingly well as an input device. And I think that, that I'm just constantly surprised, especially seeing new ways and new creative ways that it's done. Like I could honestly, I feel like if this was the last console ever made, like I would be satisfied. Like I could endlessly play games on this thing and I haven't even touched in onto any games that like you can pay money for. So I guess the side loaded games, all the ones that I talked about were, I mean, they're pay as you wish, but I decided not to donate and I just kind of picked them up and put them on. But I just want to really quick talk about Crankin's time traveling adventure, which, oh my gosh, I have to look up the developer. He's the same developer that made Katamari Damacy, which we have I don't think we've talked about on the show before. Okay. So this is created by Kita Takahashi. And honestly, this game is sick, Brandon. I honestly can't believe this game exists. I can't believe this game is so good. And I can't believe there is so much of this game. So basically, you wake up. It's 3 o'clock. You have a date at 3 with your girlfriend. And you have to crank... Your little robot guy, he's kind of like a wind up robot. You have to crank him through a bunch of obstacles by going backwards and forwards in time. And, like, so for example, there's like a common obstacle where there's like a hurdle. Like, you have to like launch yourself over these like track hurdles. And there's a butterfly. And sometimes the butterfly will go over and it kind of like it'll dip. And sometimes it'll go under the hurdle. So if it goes under the hurdle, you have to jump over the hurdle at the same time that the butterfly flies under the hurdle. So you really have to like time it. And then at the end of the level, you're always late to your date because you wake up after you wake up when you're supposed to be there. So he's always running late. And it's really funny because a lot of times like you'll get to the, I think that it depends on like how late you are. (laughs) Like you get different animations. And so like I showed up to the date, like 14 minutes late one time and she slapped me (laughs) and like, I guess I don't know, I guess you go on your date. I mean, you continue to have dates so she hasn't dumped you yet. Maybe that's like the final level. maybe she'll dump you. <laughs> but like I, I got to one that was like 30 minutes late. Like I got to the date like 30 minutes late. She like picked me up, took me over her shoulder and just like slammed me. <sighs> you got suplexed. I got <laughs> suplexed. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then I showed up to one like 40 minutes late and she just like kicked me in the balls. Dude, i imagine, was like what oh man that would be rough and it like keeps happening to this guy like this poor robot like cranking he just is showing up to dates late
0: i wouldn't and... wish that on my worst enemy imagine that were your reality to just like constantly show up to dates late and have to deal with the consequences that's a rough <laughs> existence dude uh,
1: but it honestly like it's hilarious because as you're cranking through these levels and trying to like sometimes like it's like you're locked to different animations so like one you have to like vault over like a hurdle ones you have to sit down for tea and like when you sit down for tea your head like dips down over the table and then things can fly over your head there's a couple where like you have to like do a pull-up or something close to a pull-up and that'll like lift your feet up and it's kind of just like you have different obstacles coming your way and there's, like, one where it's, like, these pigs. Like, it'll be, like, a stampede of pigs. And if they come after you, you have to just run. Like, you can't get away from them. There's no way you can jump from them. There's no way you can dodge them. So, I'm right now, I'm stuck on a level. I'm actually going to see if it'll tell me which level I'm on. Which, also, I just started the game and I'm already in it. Okay, so I'm on the 16th date. I thought there was 20. So, I was trying to beat it before I talked about it. But, also, just, these levels are just so challenging. Like, they were like easy and then it just like the difficulty just like spiked up. Like this may be the hardest game I've played in like a long time. I don't think I'll ever finish this. I think it's so hard. So I'm on the 16th date. That's a lot of dates, dude. I'm just running from some flying pigs. That's what's what I'm doing. It's <laughs> it's crazy. Honestly, I can't I can't fathom it. There's no way that I'm gonna win this level right now. Oh yeah, I got hit by a kid in the head by a flying pig. It's very goofy, very silly, and I actually just want to show. I just want to count out really quick. So I've got. I haven't opened all the games yet. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got nine games to check out still that I haven't. That I haven't even checked out. I honestly really thought I'd be able to play like two a week, but I, I really just haven't really even been able to play these because I want to finish them, but I think that maybe it's not the point to finish them and. I should just check them out. So I haven't finished the first one, which is Casual Birders. And I think that one's really fun. I think I really want to finish that one. But, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just an incredible device. The Playdate. It's so cool. It's such an incredible handheld. Shout out to the creators. Go oh, I'm so sorry. Media. I do want to shout out one more thing. They have a podcast. Oh. They, like, produced a podcast based on, or it's, like, by the company. And their first episode is, like, the creation of the Playdate. And it, it was like a decade in the making. It's like a harrowing tale of how they had to like fight the chip shortage like during the pandemic and how like the production, they had so many variations in how they basically were able to like figure out how to make these during COVID. And like they had their first meeting, like their first concept. They like sought some people out and they were like laughed out of the room because they've only ever made software. Like it's truly like it's an incredible tale. If you're interested in like how things are made, like how gaming devices are made, or if you're just interested in the general business of it, like it is an absolutely incredible tale. So if you just search the Playdate podcast, that's episode one. And then they talk about each of the games in the first season. They have a designated episode about like the creation of the game where they interview the developers, which is just so cool that all this information is available for this thing. I mean like we don't have this for like anything else. We don't have this kind of information for the Game Boy, you know, DS or Switch or, you know, name it. It's just so cool there's all this information out there.
0: It really is. It's now more than ever, all of this information is more accessible. You can find anything. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about the playdate too.
1: Yeah. I'll link it in the I guess the show notes, but I'll also send it to you, Brandon. Yeah, it's just called the Playdate podcast, and the first episode is the story of Playdate. And it and there, talks about how there
0: are no more shortages on them, right?
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of a lead time. I think you still have to pre-order it and it's like three months, I think, the last time I looked. Here, I'll send it to you. And then I'll link it in the show notes as well.
0: So moving on to the next title here, we're gonna move on to the DS taking their back. Back to Nintendo's handheld console era. I love my three DS. It's good to be back on it. My three DS is. I'm lucky that I bought one of the, like newer versions of it. I think I got the three DS XL. Nice. So the graphics that I'm playing with, are, pretty good. Decent mm-hmm. for, the game that I'm playing. I'm playing Pokemon Heart Gold.
1: Hell yeah. Did you start over or are you just continuing your save?
0: I started over because I was inspired by Blake in his playthrough <laughs> of Heart Gold. I wanted to start over. I had two copies. One copy was like an old like playthrough. I had like four badges. But I didn't really like that playthrough, so I wanted to start over as Naomi, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And that's been pretty cool. I remember I used to watch a lot of playthroughs as a kid. People mm-hmm. playing Pokemon, I never understood why people would play as a girl sometimes. But now <laughs> now I kind of get it. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's different. It's not what I'm used to. And yeah, I've been having a blast just building my team right now. So are you
1: building your team based on what you would do? Or are you kind of like, like what would not Naomi yeah, do?
0: No, I'm definitely building the team based off what I would do. I'm like EV training. Okay. Because this game is harder. You know, like you were saying last mm-hmm. time we talked about it. This Pokemon game is a challenge for sure. This is nothing is being handed to you in this Pokemon game. Like right now I'm training in the grass in order to beat the third gym because I'm underleveled mm-hmm. for the team that I have. I'm trying yeah. to EV train. So I took my starter Cyndaquil and I caught a dinner okay. in the grass and I just had them mate until I found a I believe it's a modest
1: Oh man, I you're nature. even you're breeding you bred your starter and you ditched your starter yeah. to get the right nature. Yeah, dude. That's how I Yeah, com- I don't fuck around with that, man. I feel like the starter I always take whatever it is. It's like the roll of the dice. That's that's, that's how my I'm one. Coming, dude. Like I spend time <laughs> in the
0: grass finding oh, a man. timid Nidoran like Dang I'm serious dude. I have a jolly I wow. have Syndical, I have leader in and then butterfree yes i've been using mm. butterfree who's also a timid nature very very fast who's just been a huge asset to the team, just being able to quickly stun people poison people just give them any status effect
1: yeah butterfree is an absolute beast which i've never really played i mean they're like the king of the kanto region man they're a huge asset to the team i was
0: thinking like imagine running into something like that in real life like a a mega-sized, like...
1: A huge butterfly that could put you to sleep, poison you, to, you yeah, dude, like, confuse you.
0: Dude, that'd be rough. <laughs> mm. But I totally see nature giving us, having something like that.
1: Yeah. Have you made it to the... Oh my gosh, what, I forget what it's called, but it's like the place where you can do like the bug, the bug-catching contest?
0: Yes. I haven't started the contest per se, but I have been there training... Fought some, po- fought some trainers, I've caught some Pokemon. That's another thing too, like filling out the decks. Mm-hmm. Now, it's really cool to see how I've matured as a Pokemon player. You know, before yeah. I would never care about filling out the decks. But now it's like, especially with one of these older games. Because I did try to recently get back on Scarlet. And it was a harrowing experience after having spent so much time on heart gold you know yeah. i was like flying on this pokemon and it was cool to have the open world experience and the quality of life is like awesome but mm-hmm. there's just something to the 2d experience that you know we spoke about this before but it's just truly like yeah. i've really really felt it playing on the 3ds and it makes me upset that that we can't have that on the switch dude and that's why i have my next game that i want to bring on the podcast which screw we might as well get into it yeah, just get into it man more pokemon let's go evie because it's it's awesome to have a switch and, and all these great graphics but it sucks when you don't uh-huh. have a pokemon game to like play no. on it that you're super stoked about
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: and let's go Eevee has kind of been that for me even mm. the first time i played let's go Eevee, i had a great experience just going to the kanto region mm-hmm. something is calling me to like the kanto and Johto region It's another reason why really why mm-hmm. i'm on her gold i don't know what it is but i want that kind of like quintessential pokemon experience and dude let's go Eevee definitely gives me that at a heightened level being able mm-hmm. to like just customize my ev walk around with it everywhere Wait, you can customize it? Yeah, the different catching mechanics. What do you mean? What do you mean about, like, customizing or catching mechanics?
1: Yeah, what do you mean that you can, like, customize your Eevee? Well, you can, like, give your Eevee, like, outfits and stuff. I'm pretty sure you No, can. really? Yeah. No, dude. Okay, let me, okay. Wait, can you, like, if you're playing, like, Pokemon Go, and you catch, like, a Pikachu in an outfit, can you transfer that to, like... I'm pretty sure, yeah, you'd probably be able to transfer that to like, Let's Go. With the outfit, most likely, yeah, because it's just oh the, it's just gonna
0: transfer the Pokemon over.
1: I may have been sleeping on Pokemon Let's Go because I've never. Dude,
0: I love the experience of being able to go through Kanto with these graphics, and it's like a dance, like it's a mix of both worlds, where they're like, yeah. it's not quite HeartGold or like that Pokemon that we know and love, mm-hmm. but it's still, like, a lot of those elements. Because
1: the catchy mechanics are a little bit different. Yeah, right? but
0: it's not even just that. Like, it's just a lot of the elements. You can't really fight either, is it? Yeah, you can't really fight like that. You don't. there aren't, like, wild battles. You only fight trainers. Which is, like, you know, I'm not too upset about. You level up every time you catch a Pokemon. So it kind of really incentivizes just completing that Pokédex. Incentivizes catching multiple Pokemon, 'Cause like Pokemon Go, they're tiny Pokemon, they're huge Pokemon, different weights, variants, like Pidgeys, different colors. I like that a lot. That's really cool. That like that's kind of what I mean. Like being able to have mm-hmm. like some elements of the new Pokemon and the old Pokemon that I really enjoy in one place on the Switch oh. makes
1: me really, really excited. And Maybe yeah, I should pick this up, Ben. I don't know if I ever did really. <laughs>
0: I wanna complete kanto i mean heart gold and like go through the 16 badges again and then Mm -hmm. go through let's go ev and see how i feel about like the kanto region just do like kind of kanto revisit i've been reading rumors as well that there is a pokemon black and white 2 remake that's coming out which i was like i didn't i wasn't a huge fan of that region to begin with
1: is that the one that's kind of like based on new york I think black and that region is based off
0: of America. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the region, but
1: if it's anything I th- haven't played that one, that's one I haven't played. Black and white. Yeah, that's it's it's weird. one of the, I think it's the last one that came out on like DS cartridges. DS cartridges? Yeah, it is. And uh, it's hard to find, it's hard to come by. I think that I don't know. It's very expensive nowadays. So I just have never really had the opportunity to play it because I'd kind of moved on by the time it came out and coming back to it, like, I'm I'm not going to spend a hundred bucks on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fair, dude. It's definitely not worth a hundred bucks. I'll tell you that. And if the remakes are anything like BDSP, like, dude, I redownload BDSP and I was giving it a chance and I was like, this is not it. Like, it's,
1: you know, that's funny. I actually, I would think I was more hot on BDSP than you were. I actually think that it improved the original um, BDSP and I actually really liked it. I really liked the underground and I, I've been thinking about picking that back up as well. But yeah, I think, honestly, I think it's good that we're looking backwards. I mean, it would be nice to look forwards, you know, with the Pokémon franchise, but I mean, there are just so many that you can really get that kind of experience again, just by replaying the games that we already have. For sure, for sure. I'm going to get even further back, dude, and fucking play,
0: like, Pokemon Emerald, the OG Pokemon that I had, maybe. It's time to crank out a simulator or something. Yeah.
1: Oh, you should hold off on that. I got a surprise for you. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think the time will come for that. Awesome. All right. So- but I actually, I kind of want to take it, kind of just, I don't know, kind of steer the conversation a little bit to another 3DS game. And I actually think it's interesting to talk about in tandem. Because I think one of the things that, I guess, HeartGold does really well is it kind of, there aren't as many stakes. And it really kind of just lets you exist in the Pokemon world. I don't know if you feel that way. I definitely do, even from the
0: beginning. Like, you're not being, like, oh, let's run over here and do this. And, like, let's do that. Like, oh, you can't go here because of this. I mean, there is some of that, but there's not, like... You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, certainly
1: less than the other ones. They really kind of just let you exist. And I kind of just want to like really quick on like Pokemon Sword and Shield. Like you're kind of like up until a certain point, like you're just doing the gym challenge and they're just like, hey, like you got to like, this is your journey. Like you're fighting the gyms. And then at the end, the chancellor's just like, And now for the end of the world, like I'm going to destroy the world. and I didn't mind it, but it was kind of like I was just (laughs) existing in this Pokemon world. And now I got to save it because like there's an end of the world event, you know. And I think that that kind of that part of the formula has just gotten kind of old.
0: Yes, I agree. It takes away from what they actually have at Pokemon.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's just like so many people just want to like just exist in the game. Like just let me... You know, like, make a team. Like, let me catch Pokemon. Like, let me chill with my Pokemon. And I, like, just want to be in the world that, you know, you've created. And I feel like that's very interesting to, like, talk about that. And this game that I'm giving a shot, I'm trying it out, and that's Animal Crossing New Leaf. Actually, I don't know if that's actually the title. New
0: Horizons?
1: No, I'm playing it on the 3DS. I'm not playing the new one. I'm playing...
0: The older one.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think I missed part of the name. But I think it's like Animal Crossing New Leaf something and it's on the 3DS. And I was able to pick this up digitally before the store closed. Okay, yeah, it's called Animal Crossing New Leaf Welcome Amiibo. Which I guess you could just call it New Leaf. (laughs) Um, But anyways, I think it's really cool. And I think it really kind of captures that just like you're just chilling here in this space. And I think it does that really well. So... I've been enjoying it. I've been liking Animal Crossing. It's certainly new because there's truly like no stakes really. Like you kind of just go around, pick stuff up and sell it. And that's kind of it. You kind of talk to the villagers. And I'm really enjoying that right now. It's very peaceful. I named my side or I named my town Seaside. And I'm just kind of living my life, man. I'm catching bugs, catching fish, finding fossils, donating them to the museum Uh, I've got like a one-bedroom room I'm trying to pay off my loan. It's really peaceful, man. I'm really just kind of, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to do. You kind of get in. You can play it for, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day, and that's kind of it. And I just think it's funny. I think it's silly because I I kind of put myself in like this isolated part of like the map. I built my house, and then this guy fucking built a house right next to me. I was so pissed. (laughs) Dude, I was so pissed. that
0: drives me so insane. That happens to me in real life, dude. I just, it happens to me so often, dude. It's the worst.
1: In real life, you have people that build their house right next to you? Do You
0: never have that phenomenon where you're, like, the only person to get on a train or a bus. And then
1: they just sit right the next only other
0: person will come in and sit right next to you. Or, like, you're, like, standing somewhere. You're like, oh, like, let me do this. Let's say you're at like a, a festival and you're like, oh, let me do this right here. No one is doing this. I'm going to do this. Now everyone else is going to come and do that too. You're it's the it.
1: law of attraction, Brandon. People it's, must uh, like you, man. Yeah, dude. <sighs> so this motherfucker named Coach moved in right, right next s- to me. his house right next right. to me. Dude, the urinal. Has that ever
0: it's... happened to you? I know that probably has
1: happened. Yeah, to you. yeah. That, that's a weird <laughs> yep. one too. I honestly, like, when I was in high school and college, I would do that to people. Like, if they pissed me off, I'd, like, go stand next to them at the end. <laughs> <day. laughs> what, <dude? That's laughs> or, like, so, like, there was... Oh, man, that's hilarious. I think there was this one guy in college. I just, like, I just didn't like him. He really just, really... I thought he was just, like, a dirtbag. And I really just didn't fuck with him. And I, we'd have some of the same classes together. And, like, I'd see him in the bathroom sometimes. And I'd, I'd go stand right next to him every time. Because I, I could tell it just got under his skin. <laughs>
0: yeah and he didn't say anything about it that's nah, no
1: no no he never did dude, that's <laughs> I so i guess that's what this guy coach did to me yeah dude, and i guess he's like oh I see oh my got God. This nice
0: isolated spot let me get right next to you let
1: me get I was so mad, I, like, dug a bunch of holes all over his house. Like, right in front of his house, <laughs> I just dug holes. I was like, you can't get out. Like, good luck. And then I didn't see him for a couple days, and I just, like, whenever I'd, like, pass his house in the morning, I'd, like, dig a hole so he couldn't get out. But he's, like, a jock. I mean, his name's Coach, so every time I see him, he's just, like, getting sweaty in the gym, got to, you know, hit the workout, like, yeah, like, bulking up. It's kind of funny, because it's... He's always putting cool. in that work. It's constant. There's always a character like that in Animal Crossing. Yeah, I mean, this is my first time with a coach right next to me. I'm kind of hoping that he moves, but he's starting to grow on me a little bit. Because he's always like, oh, did you get your workout in today? I'm like, no. Nope. That's good. Because I've been playing in the morning, like, before I get on to work. It's kind of nice to, like, have it with coffee in the morning. Like, the only thing is, like, the shops aren't open. So I'll have to, like, set it down and then come back later on my lunch. But i think it's really funny because i've got some like my grandma her name's pat so i've got a pat all right i mean i couldn't have planned this like this is like a an island like it just kind of like generated it's like my grandma's name is pat i've got a patty on my island and i've got elmer my grandpa's name is elmer so i've got patty and elmer they're just chilling on the island and really? i think that's so funny <laughs>
0: that is actually kind of that's kind of scary what are it is like It's not like your grandparents have, like, names that are very common.
1: I know, yeah. So, I mean, and, like, Patty's on my mom's side and Elmer's on my dad's side. So, they're they're kind of just, like, retiring out here on the village. And every time I talk to them, it's like, this is, like, these are my grandparents. They're here, <laughs> I guess, on my island. <laughs> That's dope, dude. That's awesome. Uh, and then, oh, my gosh, I had this one. Oh, my gosh. Her name is Gloria. She's one of my villagers. I talked to her. For the first time. And she screamed at me. She was like. Oh. So you finally acknowledge my existence. And she like screamed at me. She's like. I've been here the whole time. And you haven't talked to me once. She's like. I was going to say hi. I was going to. But then I didn't. And I've been waiting here, <laughs> right, yeah. and then she yelled. I moved in two months ago, and like the two months were like bolded, italicized, and they were like wiggling on the screen. So I guess I just never talked to this person. Was it,
0: did you actually start two months ago?
1: Well, yeah, I started it a while ago, and but at the time that I like talked That's to her, I had been like playing two whole months, I guess, and like I just hadn't talked to her. I hadn't. I thought I had talked to everybody, but she was in like a her house was in like the corner of the island she was not happy but we're friends now so that's me and gloria every time i talk to her though she's kooky because i mean i was the first time i met her she like yelled at me and i'm the mayor you know so i feel like that should command some kind of respect but every time i talk to her she's like jingle or franklin and i'm like i don't even know what that means <laughs> so she's she's kind of kooky <laughs> yeah
0: there's always gonna be that kooky uh, character on the island
1: oh man but she's funny I really like it. And then Isabel keeps wanting me to run the town, but I didn't really want that. Like, I kind of just moved here, and I don't know. I feel like she keeps pestering me about coming and sitting in my mayor's chair because we've got some work to do, but I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen because I feel like, I guess, did you ever play New Leaf? Did you ever play Animal right, Crossing first? New
0: Leaf? first introduction to Animal Crossing was New Horizons on the Switch.
1: So I guess to give you some context, you start out on the train and you take a train to the village, your village here, and then you kind of get there and everybody's waiting for you at the train station. And they're like, oh, you're the mayor. Like you're the new mayor. And you try to tell them you're not the mayor, but they don't believe you. They're like, stop that nonsense. Like you're the mayor. And you're kind of just like forced into it. And then when you finally like set up your house, like you get a letter in the mail and somebody's like, hey, thanks for covering for me. I didn't want to be the mayor. Good luck. I know you're gonna do great. So there's mystery, like who is supposed to be the mayor, like, but everybody thinks it's you. So, so someone on the
0: island is the actual mayor.
1: Well, I think I don't know. There was some other people on the train, so I feel like it's a little bit suspicious circumstances. I'm not sure Interesting. that you end up being the mayor. You're kind of forced into it, you know, forced into public service. So I don't know how it's gonna turn out for me. Sounds of a bit
0: like extortion. <laughs> <Believe> <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
1: But I feel kinda of bad because there's this villager, her name is Isabel. She's running the whole island. Like she doesn't need me really. Like she's working twenty four seven, night or day. Oh, she runs like the nook services or whatever. It's the town hall. Like I honestly I feel like she's king of this island. And she's giving me the title of mayor. It's like an artificial title. Like she holds all the power. She's
0: the Fed and you're just the president.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to quite make of it but I will kind of just like, like there's a bench and it overlooks the seaside And I'll just like go up there and kind of sit down in game and just kind of like just have a moment. So it's interesting. I'm never played a game like this where I feel like the point is not to do anything. It's just to kind of be there and to kind of hang out. And I really like that. There's absolutely no stakes. I'm enjoying that, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I haven't been able to create anything, really. Like, I've kind of been able to decorate my home. I've got a really cool bed, really cool couch, and a cool plant, and a locker. So, that's about all I've got right now. I'm really having a good time, though. I'm finding fossils, catching fish, catching bugs, and donating those to the museum, and that's been fun. I guess we'll have to see. I mean, it's nice having, like, a positive ritual in your life, so.
0: I'm glad you found Animal Crossing, and I found space for it in your life, dude. It's peaceful. I honestly miss playing Animal Crossing. I might reinstall that into my Switch. been looking to get back into my Switch, which is why I've been exploring all these different Pokemon games. And you know what? Yeah. I think I might give Pokemon Brilliant Diamond another try.
1: You should, man. I feel like it did kind of capture the heart and soul of BDSP, or Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I think it did. I think it did a great job, and I think it really kind of expanded on what kind of Pokemon you could have on your team yeah because you could find different pokemon in the underground in the caverns and i thought it was just a really fun like if you played online like you could see other people running around and catching pokemon and i thought it was great i actually have been meaning to pick it back up but
0: yeah i gotta pick it uh, it's been such a long time and when i got back onto it i was just not feeling it dude it's like i don't know yeah it's just so, i am mean, i spoiled myself with hardcore dude it's like I'm playing these new things, and I'm just like, oh, I kind of want to go back to Heart Gold It's <laughs> just like something's calling me yeah. back to it. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's an incredible game. I'm happy that I picked that one up. That one I did pay, like, I paid like 100 bucks for that.
0: I'm upset, dude, because I have two of them. One of my Heart golds is my uncle's playthrough that I'm not, I don't want to delete. But he mm-hmm. has this one Dragon Knight that's sick, dude. I I need to like trade I, it. I need to trade it. Trade
1: dude. it, take it, man.
0: I've been trying to find my little sister's DS. I could trade it, but she lost it. She misplaced it, dude. She's
1: oh, bring it over to my place. I actually have two. I've got the 3DS and then I've got the 2DS that plays like the, the right. straight up
0: one. All right. So yeah, I gotta bring over
1: my two copies and I could trade some mons. Yeah. But yeah, dude. Pokemon, heart, gold, soul, silver.
0: Pokemon, heart, gold, soul, silver. It looks like we're hitting that point again where it's going to be a whole lot of Pokemon talk.
1: I don't know. I want to get back into it, but there's also a part of me that's, I want to be hurt again, man. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know. I just feel like I really just got so burned on Scarlet and Violet. For sure, dude. I I feel like I'm not over that one yet.
0: Trying to get back into that was like, and I tried like this past week. It was just so fucking... I don't know, just wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? I wasn't happening. I'm talk.
1: so close to the end too that there's a part of me that's like just finish it out and like I've got a really good team, got an overpowered team, but it's just, I just something about it it just it doesn't quite feel yeah. right to me. It's dreary. I was thinking about Arceus going back to Arceus, which could be fun. Yeah.
0: Like uh, that one, I'm a little more open to going back to, but even still, like I'm not too excited about. I'm more excited about Brilliant Diamond than Arceus. Honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you got to think, I mean, all three of those games came out within a year of each other. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like that definitely says it all right there. Like, they all needed a little more time, I think, to bake. Yeah, they
0: just kind of, like, threw them at us.
1: Yeah, I hope they've learned. I hope they've learned. Because, I mean, they've got to be able to see, like, the stats. Because, I mean, this was the like Scarlet and Violet. Like, so many people bought that game. Like, it was one of the, I think it was the fastest selling pokemon game in a long time and it just like i'm sure that they can see how many people are still playing it and how many people are still playing you know the other ones like i played sword more than yeah you played sword a crazy amount yeah well i was gonna say i played sword more than scarlet and violet since or scarlet and violet came out if that makes sense
0: dude i bought a whole switch dedicated to scarlet and violet and haven't played it because it's just it's hard to go like it's literally hard to play
1: yeah, uh, I yeah. haven't had this experience with the game in a while. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's I feel not, like I'm
0: forcing myself to play.
1: Yeah, and you shouldn't have to do that. Although the the limited edition Switch you got is sick, so it is I, awesome. I think. and
0: that's what's it calling me cool. back. It's like <laughs> I'm on the DS. I'm like I could be on the Switch
1: right now. It's like this. Uh, nah, I got to show the DS. <clears throat> man, those that's a five, these games are great. Yeah, these games are awesome. I think I'm gonna play some more of that when we get off. But I guess on that note, I I have never finished the game Eastward. And I feel like every time I keep a, a list of games that I try and like games that I, I think are worth the time to go back to. And Eastward has just been at the top of that list for so long that I'm like, I need to finish that one up. So I'm really trying to finish up Eastward. And then I I got a game on sale on the Switch that I'm really excited to talk about, but I haven't. I'm forcing myself to finish Eastward before I even, like, start playing it. So, whenever that happens, I've, I've got a really cool Switch game that I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to like it. I did a ton of research on it. So, I think that's going to be fun to bring this show to the show, too. I'm excited to hear about it, dude.
0: Eastward, I played a little bit of it, and this is very captivating. Even my little sister is playing it, and that says it a lot, because she doesn't play anything besides, like, what she usually plays. just, like, Minecraft.
1: Yeah, it's a really, it's an awesome game. I wish I would have picked up a physical edition of it, but it's okay to have it digital, I think. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to buy this one twice. But it's they not, did announce some DLC for 2024. It's not that so. big of an install, is it? It's like, I mean, like 11 gigabytes. Yeah, it's pretty small. But yeah, Eastward. So cool, man. I actually just got to the a really interesting portion. Like the story took a little bit of a twist. I was surprised by. It took like a darker twist. There's a, I won't spoil it, but there was a character that died, and I was surprised that that happened. I guess I should note that, but in retrospect, now I'm thinking about it. But I don't know. I was surprised. I was kind of sad. I was taken aback. But it's a compelling story, and it's a fun gameplay, and the world's just so beautiful. I could talk forever about eastward <laughs> Well, on that note, do you think we should wrap it up? Definitely, we should take this episode eastward yeah if that's a your one takeaway eastward is great <laughs> <laughs> I guess before we ended up, both Brandon and I are on blue Sky so if you're lucky enough to be on blue Sky as well you can find us there my username is handheld Blake so I guess if you're doing a shout your up Brandon you don't have to don't feel pressure
0: yeah. my username is bold brand
1: nice and I guess. I don't know. I mean, if you're on Blue Sky, I guess you can just search it. But I think that, like, the official usernames have, like, dot B-S-K-Y dot social in them. But, yeah, Blue Sky. If you're on Blue Sky, we're both on Blue Sky. You can follow us on Twitch or follow Brandon on Twitch. I guess you can follow me on Twitch there as well. We're on YouTube. We have an Instagram and a TikTok. It would mean the world to us if you follow us. Tune in,
0: tune in, tune in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to go the extra mile, we have a Patreon as well. And you'll get access to our Minecraft server. And we also recently just recorded another Patreon episode. Yes. That we're in the process of putting out. And that one was so fun. I think this is going to be a good format for us because that was just so fun to record. I'd love to do in that episode. That was awesome. We had a blast recording that one.
0: I'm looking forward to the next quarter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then we got Game of the Year, too. It's coming up. Game of the year coming Coming up. up. Got to get that list ready. I've started my list. I'm excited. I had like, I filled out the 10 spot. I was like, this is definitely number 10. And then I was like, I think that's got to be higher. So who knows? (laughs) Game of the year, man. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. Stay tuned. All right. I guess that's it. That's it. Sticky Buns Podcast. Internet radio show. Favorite internet radio show. (laughs) Hell yeah. All right, well, I guess that's it. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, (laughs) y'all.